And little did we know we'd get to 33 episodes, one for every round of games. LOI Weekly, episode 33 with Johnny Ward and Daniel MacDonald. And our special guest in the studio today is Martin Russell, uh, who was managing Limerick uh, earlier on in the season. And we'll have plenty to talk about in regards to Limerick and Pats and other matters as well. We'll have Alan Bennett on, who we spoke to earlier in the season uh, over the phone. And as ever, we are on Podcast Republic Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud iTunes, and get us on uh, the Snapchat as well. And uh, we've 29 games gone in the league, so we've four rounds of games to go. And really looking forward to the weekend with some crucial fixtures on the way. And very welcome, first of all, to uh, Martin Russell. Martin, how are you getting on? Good, Johnny. Thanks for having me in. We made the comment earlier on that you've you seem to um, have lost some of your grey hair since you left Limerick. I don't think about I don't know about that, but yeah. um, you know I've been out now for a little bit and I've been watching plenty of games and, and enjoying some of the games. And, you, and as you said, uh, you know there's a, there's a hell of a run in ahead of us with the, the four remaining games in the league and, and the, also um, the cup fixtures. Mm. Do you get a different perspective of the league when you're not? managing a team week to week that you're watching games just to watch games rather than watching games thinking we're playing them next week and so on and in terms of getting a general view of where the league's at yeah well you will have a slightly more relaxed approach definitely in, in, when you're not considering that you're going to play this opposition next week but you are there um, watching seeing who's doing well and um, you know the games that I've been to you know, I've I've enjoyed them. Um, and I say the most of the games recently I've gone to have been very competitive affairs. Um, and you're always just you know keeping an eye out for what's happening. Do you think it's been a good season? Just in the sense of, I mean, we have the pressure of the the three going down and so on. But just overall, I don't know. I'm not saying to yeah. compare it to recent years, but generally, what's your view on the the, the quality you've seen this season? I think it's been a competitive season. I think, um, and I said at, at the start of the, uh, I remember at the launch of the league, I, I thought. Um, particularly with three going down, that it was going to be a hell of a battle. Um, the one thing I'm probably surprised about is, is the dog haven't been close to the cork. Mm. Um, but I did think that you know uh, one or two of the, the bigger clubs would be probably dragged into that relegation battle, um, which has happened. And um, you know it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what does uh, materialize in the next few weeks. But competitive was it's been competitive league. One thing I will always say is though our league will always be judged on how we do in Europe. Mm. And from a quality point of view, I still think that um, we need to try and raise the level of play. And I say you can have a competitive league without probably a hell of a lot of quality football. Um, we just got to try and get, I think, a little bit more quality into the league and uh, to make it even better again. Cause it was sort of a moderate year in Europe this year, wasn't it? It didn't sort of. Yeah. There's no huge takeaway memories from it. So there isn't, and that's um, that would be my sort of um, fear that you know what what Dundalk achieved, you know, over a year ago now may not materialise again for for another long time. Um, so, you know, I think from a professional standards point of view, we'll always be judged on how our teams are, are doing in Europe, and we can't get away from that. And I think it, what you're saying is definitely true, but like it's so hard for them clubs to do what Dundalk did. If what our clubs did this season wasn't actually that bad. There were places we still have to punch above our weight to improve. You know? We do, but if if we're talking about um, the game of football and how we make it better, uh, we have to make inroads in Europe. And Dundalk have shown um, when, when they did when when they went on that run that. Um, we weren't a million miles away. So we, we may be a few thousand away, but we weren't a million miles away. And we just needed to build on it and try and um, try to be competitive each year in Europe. Uh, the thing about the problem is that what happens when Dundalk get the success they, they did get, their best players are, are recognised, and then it's hard for them to replace them with equally good players. Uh, that seems to be the case, mm. because there's no investment in the league to attract as good of players into the league. Yeah, so there's, there's yeah. a player drain when 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 teams start doing well in Europe, which is it's we, it's 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 victim of our own success yeah. in that respect. But it's interesting as well because Pats are playing Limerick uh, on on Saturday. Obviously, the five games are on Saturday this week, which is going to be fascinating. And we had it was obviously an FEI Cup weekend uh, last weekend. Our show last week featured Raf Kataro among others, and I just want to call him on saying that Galway are probably in a false position in the media. I, I presume you're having a laugh there, Raf, um, because we should be actually higher in the table. That is all. Dundalk won. Chamber I don't even Rovers understand won. what your point is there, Johnny. Like Raf Kataro, I have no idea what you're talking about. And there's a lot of people here who haven't read what Johnny has read. Raf Kataro said, "Please Gal explain." Raf Kataro said, "Galway are in a false position in the table." That's that's which is what. That, that they should be lower, or oh, lower, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So are you, are you, you're basically saying, Raf, you've let me down, and you're you're upset with him. 
maybe he maybe he meant it the other way around, and maybe he's uh, having a bit of crack with us. I don't know. Yeah, well, either way, you've taken the bait. So yeah. anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Raph was a very good guest on the show, it has to be said. And uh, the cup last week, I want to talk about the goals, Dan. The quality of the first goal in the Dundalk game, Mila's goal wasn't half bad, and the quality of Shepard's uh, touchdown for the goal in Cork and the pass in by uh, Sadlier. I thought they were really, really good technical goals and a sign of what can happen in the league um, and obviously two good games as well. They were, oh, yeah, they, were, oh, they were decent games. I mean, the, I actually felt that the first half of Dundalk Rovers was a bit disappointing, to be honest. Dundalk started very well and then there wasn't a huge amount of football played. Uh, the wind was a factor in that game. Interestingly, I don't know, as Martin experienced this, it was the two teams that were the, the teams that were with the wind actually struggled to cope with it. And that's what certainly Stephen Kenny's view afterwards, that his team in the second half, they were sort of getting rid of the ball a lot. That's and, to do with the pitch a bit, uh, I think. Well, it's just the ball was just running away from them. And, but it's also a bit of composure, I think, that comes with it too. So I'm not sure. I, I thought the Dundalk Rovers game was absorbing because the stakes were so high. But I'm not sure if like quality-wise it was as, as good as those two sides can be. Um, and sort of Cork-Limerick, I mean, Limerick were, were very good for long periods. I wouldn't say Cork played especially well. Now, maybe there was a bit of fatigue hanging over from Monday, and um, I think John Caulfield said as much afterwards. But um, because the stakes were so high, and I was at both the games, and I found them both interesting, but I'm not sure if quality-wise... The goal that uh, Benson great got... Great goal, sorry, yeah. take your point. Good goal. The goal that Benson got and the goal that uh, Buckley got were two of the best goals I've actually seen this season. So I thought the ingenuity was brilliant. Martin, what did you make the two games? Yeah, and no, I think you're right with the, the quality of, of the three goals. You say even Miele's strike on the, on the half volley into the bottom corner. What Sean Hoare was doing though, hopping over. Yeah, the pain, I'm, I'm, no I'm sure um, Stephen would have had a word with him after the game because um, you just can't do that. You just can't allow a ball in the box that easy. Trying to avoid a corner, I think. I think he was trying yeah. to be clever, but you, <laughs> you don't know what's behind you. And um, to do that, um, you know, he, he'd be disappointed with the boy himself when he looks back at it. But regards to the game, it was funny. I thought that the two teams that went into the lead, they, they probably stopped really playing the football quite soon after that. And the two teams that were behind. You know, got ascendancy in both games, and Rovers um, definitely came away with a wordy draw in the second half. It probably wasn't the quality that we all wanted, as, as Daniel's pointed out. It was a lot of stop starts. There was a few tackles flying in. There was a lot of free kicks. Um, Dundalk didn't have the cohesion that they had in the very start of the game, and uh, you know, Rovers definitely deserved the draw. I felt Limerick deserved the draw as well. They just couldn't find that goal or the, the ball in the back of the net that Rovers did. They were unfortunate one that was cleared off the line. But equally in that game, when, when after Cork had scored, you know, Limerick started playing and um, had enough ball without having those clear cut chances to get that equaliser. Yeah, and uh, we'll go actually go back to the Cork Limerick game uh, in a moment. But first of all, the main talking point in Oriel was the tackle by McAllister. Um, I think it's his second red this season. I think the Rovers ninth and four and five against Dundalk, which is uh, mm. curious. Which is, it says something about the, I suppose, uh, the the intensity of that game. And I think, I mean, even Brandon Miller spoke afterwards that he felt you know they got the result and they needed to be almost a bit nasty and that was he was just speaking generally he wasn't speaking about any specific incident but that to, to, you, they need to be physical and to get around that and dog team or else you won't like his you, first yellow was kind of true to that in the sense that it was a, like a, an awkward kind of barge but to set the, his tackle for the yellow was to me the equivalent of like if you if you put your foot where he put it, you're just asking for trouble. And I, I, I've sympathy for players who lash out like punch somebody in response. I've absolutely no sympathy for tackles like that. For the second, yeah, for the second, oh, yeah. It was a yellow as well. Obviously. Yeah, sorry, it was yeah. a scandalous tackle. I thought. No, it was dreadful. I don't think he. I, I, I personally don't think that he went to do him. You know that he was almost a sort of I'm, I'm going to do him here. I think it was a really, really bad challenge. Was it cowardly? <sighs> I don't know. I, I, if you I, put your foot over the ball. Uh, I really just think it was really badly mistimed and it's a red and he had to accept the red. You think it was mistimed? I'm not sure. I, I don't know if there was a, like an intent at that point. Well, if, if there was, if to say that there was some kind of intent there, it's a really, really stupid thing to do with 12 minutes to go in a cup final and your team's in the ascendancy. And I saw from his reaction afterwards... I think he was distraught, not for to do with the player being injured, distraught that... He'd got himself sent off, and their season could hinge on what he'd just done. So, if you're taking there was an intent to do what he did, then that's a really stupid thing. I think it was more so just really badly mistimed, a really bad judgment, uh, late, and he, he 
probably should have got a stronger punishment. He should have got red I in three games rather than... I think they will be very relieved that you know he hasn't cost um, his team a cup final place. He's cost a player several games now with a very bad injury. Or yeah, a bad injury. But, on this, but at this occasion, he's probably relieved that you know his team are still in the cup. Um, I think it was a clumsy, reckless challenge um, that deserved the red card um, on its own. Um, so... You know, it's it's one of those where the Rovers were uh, still got 10, 10, 12 minutes to play in the game. I've got out with a draw, fortunately, but I don't think Dave's done any favours to to his teammates by going in um, like he did and getting himself sent off. Yeah, I I I think I think you've definitely been nice to say. No, mistimed time. Miss time is very polite. I love yeah. that. It was a stupid challenge. It was a reckless challenge. When reckless. Yeah. What I will say is sometimes when these um, incidents are highlighted in slow motion. Everybody mm-hmm. says, "Oh, it's desperate." But when it's going in game time, you know you're talking of a milli of a second missing the ball. Um, but what you can't, what you know now is you can't go in showing your studs and and going over the ball. Yeah, and he went over the ball, and I think his tackle. There's no way he could get injured by doing what he did. He well, was that's another thing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I've seen that with players too that they know that. Listen, I'm not going to get injured here, and I, I can I can throw myself into it and and not have that care. Again, I'm not seeing this incident again. Um, I think that the ball is moving about quite quickly. Um, I think, you know, uh, if the boy says he, he tried to win the ball, you know, you've got to you know, take him on his word. Um, as I said, it's moving about quite quickly. How would you, pun- how would you punish a player who did that? Uh, I would be disappointed that he threw himself. There was no need to throw yourself in to the ground. What about the morality of it? The morality of it, I don't like. As I said, yeah, I, I, I've never... Played a game where I've, I've appreciated a player doing that to another player. Um, where not, not 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 just talking about this specific instance where I've seen players um, who are waiting for lads to, to help a ball on, knowing that that you know they can get at them. Um, I've seen it in games, you know. Um, so I don't appreciate any foul play like that because what what happens ultimately is you could put a player out of his career. He may not come back. That's premeditated. You're talking broken. about something that they. Pl- but, uh, you know, I'm not talking about this. No, no, instance, I don't say, think I'm this ta- instance was that. No, I'm, I'm talking about. I don't think it was premeditated. Uh, no, no, no. I know. I think in this instance, the ball is moving about quite quickly, and he thinks he could probably go and win it. Um, but there is a bit of recklessness in, in that. I don't think he has to go to the ground there. I think he can stay goal side, stand up, and you know, not go to the ground in a movement that's shown he stood, and at the same time, going through a player. I, I think you're both being very, very, very favourable towards uh, what I thought was a d- disgraceful tackle. Do you think? You, so you think there was some kind of plan behind it? Like uh, I, I think I there was th- a very. Can, very, I, ask, can I ask you one thing? When, when you were watching the game live, did you say you needed to see that? Ta- I, I, I have to apologise. I was actually at the Arc in Paris, so this is all. I didn't even fully see the game yet. So I, uh, as you say, I am going on replays, but I'm yeah. fairly so confident have, oh, okay. that it's not like premeditation in soccer is like how, how how long do you have to do something? I'm not saying it was premeditated, but I think I know. I think he knew what he was doing. I think he knew what he was doing. I think he put his foot in an area that he couldn't get injured, and there was definitely a chance something might happen. Well, uh, he can't go over the ball like he. But did. for a player on it, well, if but I think your version of events basically says that a player on a yellow was on a yellow like that's was, the other was, thing was was, was 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 prepared to just let his team suffer. I can't believe he would do that. And that's if it was a nothing league game with ten five ten minutes to go, and there was nothing think, on it, and you think he's trying to do, do him there. I think in this case he he let his team down in the sense that he he left them exposed, and if they'd gone out. It would have been on him on that bus to back up the road, it, like you know. It would have been him. Def, it definitely was ill discipline in his play, which he'd already shown earlier in the game. What was his other red in the season? I'm, I just—it's gone out of my head. I, I can't think, but he actually was guilty of a, of a bad challenge. I think in, yeah. in Oriel in the first game that I, I'm not sure that he get sent off. That's right. No, he didn't, and it was—he got away with it because yeah. I remember bringing that up now. And so I rest my case in some respects. I don't think you can rest your case. I think I think it was just a bad decision in a game, and it, it, he should be getting a three-game ban. He'll only get of one that's a bit unsatisfactory but I don't think we can analyse what was going on in his head I just you know we're, we're, I think and I think know. I think part of my McAllister is being put in the Rovers team is to have the effect as Daniel pointed out to get in and get about this hard man kind of get in and get about them unsettle them unsettle their their flow and um you you know you've got to, you've got to you know walk a tight line when you're doing that and um sometimes more often than not this season or probably too often this season he, he's got he's gone 
beyond that. I can only hope line. he apologised to Chris Shields because oh, yeah. uh, he's, he's suffered. And, and you know, Chris Shields has suffered. His season is over. There's no Aviva for him if they make it there. The one point, though, is, as Martin said, just with, it, with a view to the replay, I mean, he will be a loss to, to Rovers in that game because he's been important in the games against Dundalk in terms of doing that. And they don't really have sort of a natural replacement to do that unless they maybe play Lopez in, in midfield yeah. perhaps or I mean you bring Ryan Connolly in it'd be slightly, not good enough slightly, slightly they different. played Webster against Pats and he or, wasn't or Webster would be yeah. the Lopez would be my so, so that, that I mean it could, it could end up hurting them ultimately yeah. you know and in, in the second I, game I must say Dan I'm, I can't wait for the replay actually I'm really looking forward to it um, it's, it's good. I don't think it would phase them Dock going to Tallinn at, at all. all I mean I don't know if we do predictions um, I felt it might be a draw and, a, and the mm. Dock would win the replay in Tallinn and I'm still sticking with that and Martin we should get to briefly as well because uh, we've gone on about the tackle but Cork and Limerick um, just a couple of players that you brought in Airy and uh, Ogbene um, Airy seems to be getting a lot of kind of chatting on, on social media now because he's just playing very well and he's been on TV twice of late and Ogbeni is Ogbeni but uh, wh- what do you make of the two players at this stage? Have they fulfilled their anywhere near their potential? or yeah, I think when, when Bolton came to the club at the start of the season when I was there Ogbeni um, straight away made an instant impact you know we were looking for a, a, a little bit of extra pace on the flanks and um, him al- alongside um, Dean Clark at the time were going to give us that, you know, whether they played together or one of them played instead. He, he, he definitely has made an impact. And in all the games I've seen from Limerick, through my time there and, and, and games I've seen later on, he's definitely been an attacking threat. He, he causes problems to defenders. He, he, he gets beyond his first man. He draws out another man. He, you know, he, he's really direct and he's had a great season. Harry um, came in. He At the time when I was in charge, he, he, we had um, with Paul O'Connor, with Lee Lynch, with. Duggan and he was just in and out. Um, I think he was taking a little bit of a while to adapt um, to you know the game here. I think he's still adapting. I think the games recently he's played is going to help him. Um, and I think there's a hell of a lot of football in him. I think he's a highly technical player who um, can create even more than we've probably seen in the games that people have acknowledged that he's done well. So I do expect them if he stays in the country to, to perform even better in, in the following season. How, how does a player like that come onto your radar? You know, he's, he's played in England and so on. How, what's the yeah, process there? It was a case where he, that his agent had put one or two of players um, into us before. Some we took, some we didn't take. Um, I think he was, if I'm correct, it's Robbie Williams as well. Okay. He put Robbie into Limerick. Um, so we, you know, we would, which we did if, um, Quite often we we'd get players over and, and have a look at them and, and you, you know you know quite soon whether there's a possibility and, and definitely with Harry and the likes of Tussie when they came in and trained was after a few days you knew that they could have 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 a good impact on the league. You know? Is is there just certain types of players who you, who you might have brought in on trial who are very good players but you just know that they won't be suited to the league? You know that yeah, there's players that come out with recommendations on, on on where they were a year or two ago and they may have had an injury and they, they might not have recovered or. It just they might not be better than what you have. You know, we've had players that have been he's been at such and such a club in the lower leagues, but he's still probably not better than what we have. You know, because yeah. that's what people always say. Where do you put our league? Are you, I've, I've been across to watch a few, you know, low, lower league games over in League One, League Two in the UK, and you know, Dundalk would be in League One for me. And you know, our, our teams at the moment, Limerick would do well in League Two, and you know, so by a lad being playing in League Two doesn't necessarily mean he's going to come and, and rip it up over here. Yeah, and is it personality sometimes? as well and mm. how are they going to adjust to you know the grounds mightn't be terrific it's a different setting maybe to what they've, they've had before is that ever a part of it their personality and how you think oh, definitely. They I mean, fancy it's, it, it, you it, know? It's, it's a part of every footballer wherever he goes you know you, you have to have the personality that whatever land you lie in and playing football that you, you know you feel comfortable there otherwise you're going to your game is going to struggle so uh, by and large a lot of the lads that we, we've had over we, we took on board I've, I've, I've always seemed to fit in you know you have um, the lads like um, uh, Freddie in goal um, I'd say Totsy this year Harry uh, Robbie Williams that came before who'd managed to they they put down roots and they seemed to be you know happy living in Ireland what, what did you as make long of as um, Robbie Williams being quickly kind of shipped off after it surprised people it was surprising yeah because uh, the one thing I would have thought is that with Robbie, he gave you a level of performance that unless you were guaranteed that his replacement was going to give you that level, then you were going to chance it. Mm. And I think that's what's happened. Uh, I don't know whether... The He's been ruthless, Neil, as well, in, in getting shot of players fairly quickly. Well, every manager every manager has to make decisions and every manager has to 
you know, uh, do what he thinks is fit. To, you know, he gets the right charges to go forward. Uh, with Robbie, I didn't. I, I wasn't so sure what they were going to bring after he, he left them. Would it be of as a good sta- as mm. good a standard? I still think with his with his the strength of his game and his experience, they could have done done with him. I think they'll be okay, mm. but I think with him in the squad. Uh, they would have been better to be equipped to be assured of that already. And and just another manager, um, before we move on to yourself, um, Pete Mahan, who seems to be staying on at Drogheda, it would seem to be the indication now, Dan. Um, unfortunately, they got relegated. Yeah, well, it's been coming. They were sort of, you know, relegated three weeks ago. So One of the first two games in early I know, and, and we, we, uh, there was a point where, I think I remember having a discussion at the time that they, they had the knack at the start of like winning games and the whole getting the three points on board and there was other teams like, your own goal but they were just drawn and you wondered geez, would this get them through but um, they got promoted too early really I think um, he I think kind of alluded to that nearly yeah, himself I was there the night they got promoted and there was a huge sense of celebration but also a sense of oh no geez, <laughs> geez, you know this is they're, they're only rebuilding the club and I think he, he made the point um, Peter I think he was speaking today that um, you know the club itself has a lot it needs to do the ground is not fit for for, for purpose um, it's probably not a Premier Division club at the moment in terms of what you want a Premier Division club to aspire to be and um, haven't got the local support so they've got they've got a they've got a job to do I mean you might have an idea what's <laughs> going on there with sort of family no I, I just I just have a lot of sympathy for Pete because it reminds me of a lot of my time at UCD where you know you're one of the favourites to go down and uh, that was going to be the case this year when they when they managed to get promoted to the the playoffs that when there was three teams going down most people had to draw the pencil in there. And I would imagine that most weekends, when Pete's on the touchline, he's probably looking down to the opposition's bench and saying, take it in my team. Yeah. And that's what you're up against as a manager. You know, you look, you, you need to have a group that you feel that, um, you know, can give the opposition a game. And I'm, I'm sure Pete would have felt that, you know, his squad probably wasn't as strong as he would have wished for to give himself a fighting chance this year. Can it be difficult just when you get into a, a run like they had, it's, so hard to get out of it, I guess. I mean, I guess that just yeah. feeds into the whole atmosphere the whole time. As if much as man- listen, if they'd have managed to stay up from looking at what's above them in terms of quality of squads, it would have been a remarkable feat. And I, even with, I'd say, if, if all he can manage to do with at Harps this year and, and, and stay up above what's ahead of them, again, it, it'd be a great managerial, you and, know. And what, what have you been up to since? Um, Basically, I've been watching games, staying, trying to stay... Um, in the loop that way, taking an interest, doing some kids coaching. Uh, have you found the time long in the day, or have you been hard? Yeah, to I mean, I mean, we've got a busy, busy household with us as well, mm-hmm. and uh, but you know, listen, I, I want to get involved in 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 a, in a positive uh, football project is the best word because I've I've been involved in different aspects of football in terms of originally. When I finished playing, I was, you know, a coach on the FAI Force course, and then UCD assistant coach, and de- very much developing players. And then, you know, lastly, there with, with Limerick as a as a first team manager at the, the highest level in this country. So, um, what do you enjoy most? I think I've, I've enjoyed all of them, to be mm. honest. I, I've, I've, I've enjoyed, you know, like last year's season where. Um, we played ever so well in the, in the first division to get back up again, and, and trying to get a, a team. Um, to do well at the top level, I've enjoyed that. UCDA, the development of players and keeping them in the league, with and, and and being able to sort of play a small part in giving some of the current top players in the league their, their chance. Yeah, I enjoyed that very much. So, who would you mention? I suppose. I think we, well, we've had we've had you know we look at the the Robbie Bensons, the Dave McMillans, the Ronan Finns, the Greg Bulgers. For me, they're all established in the in the top you know edges of what's out there now there was many others that have gone through Andy Boyle was there when we were there who's gone on to the UK Connor Salmon so there's a lot of players that you know that the UCD Academy so to speak has um, you know given their first fledglings uh, games in the, in the league here and um, it's been good to see those lads you know go on to bigger and better things how, you know, how difficult is it to be you know, out of work in a small league, I think we spoke about this briefly outside. There's only a certain amount of managers with the pro license. Mm. Um, it's mm. a small scene, and there's always a sense you, you know, new managers coming in would want to get their chance as well. There's, it's difficult when there's no real industry here as yeah. such to know where to go when you're out That's of work. Right. Is that a challenge? Big challenge. That's it. I mean, I, I would say you know, there's a there's a fair few pro license managers out there that are not working in the industry at the moment, and. Um, it's tough, you know, to, to rely. I've been fortunate to say between since I stopped playing between St. Patrick's, Athletic, UCD, and, and and Limerick up to this year, I've been 
you know, constantly employed in the game. Um, there's other people that have had, you know, longer breaks away from it than I have had. Um, I just wish the industry was was more stable, more, more stable, <laughs> more positive, and you know, and more investment given to the game. We don't invest in the game of football in this country the way other countries do. So, what do we expect? Sure, why would we be investing in the League of Ireland, Martin? <laughs> well, Jesus. this is where this, if we don't invest in it, what's going to happen? What, what's going to happen ten years down the road? I mean, we, I'm being like Rafter Tower there. I think I'm, I'm having a bit. Uh, of Yeah, no, it's a, but it is a serious point because we don't address. We, we 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 do talk about the game, and we might have five minutes on a show here saying we'll come back to it at a later day. There's no, from, from, from a serious point, when there's only one politician in the, that, and I think it was it was Latin Sligo after the cup final about three or four years ago that ever spoke about let's do something for the game that I've heard of on the record. I've never heard any politician say, "How can we help football? You know, improve that? You know, we have more years like the dog have that it doesn't happen every one, one ten, in every ten, five years or whatever. That, that it's a constant." Um, faith uh, I think there's a demand for the game in this country I, I don't think we, 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 we half do well by the game you know we don't do the you game you mean at government level as well oh it's gone to that stage now I mean one of the things I would say is when we know when we know we've got X million 50 plus million to still play on, on to still pay on the on the, the stadium, on the stadium yeah. okay why doesn't uh, and then that, that's, the, that's the reason why we can't invest in the game I mean, if we had 50 million to pay, could we not give more money to prize money to the, the league, for example? But who makes that decision? It, it, that has to be a political decision. Well, it's a political decision done in the FAI, but with government assistance. Because the government say, no, you've got to pay that, you've got to pay that off. And there is no money then to invest. So it does become a political decision. Do we want the game to prosper or do we want to, to let, let, it, let it lie and leave it as it is? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a broad debate. I think, I mean, we've... we've, we've, we've we got, yeah, it's the parish pump way of doing politics in this country very rarely lends itself to like a central way of doing things because but people it, have their personal fiefdoms in their own little areas and regions of the country. And that's the same in the FEI, as you know as well, that there's so many interests to be mm. looked after that establishing the League of Ireland at the top of the pyramid, that the, that the focus goes towards that... Has been, a, has been a challenge because you're dealing with interests in schoolboy and regional leagues and the, 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 the 20 counties in the country or whatever that don't have a League of Ireland club. Yeah. That's, that's the, the, the challenge that we face in terms of actually getting people around to believing that, that it actually is the main priority. Yeah, and, and also, like, if you're if you have a place where now we've, we should be getting 13 billion in tax from a certain multinational saying <laughs> we don't want that, maybe we actually could put some of that money into something like, uh, uh, you know, growing sport in Ireland. But we're now joined by uh, Alan Bennis, and Alan Bennis uh, obviously played with Kevin Doyle, which we're going to talk about shortly. But Alan, actually, the first thing I'm going to say, I believe your uh, central defensive partnership, where your old partner, Johnny Dunleavy, is gradually coming back to some form of fitness. He is absolutely. He is. Yeah, he's, he's done some. Um, he's done some great work, you know, over the last few months. In fairness to him, um, and he's uh, he's back about about the training ground, which is great. Cause he's always such a positive guy to have around. And um, it's credit to him as a person, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So he was able to uh, just just crack on with stuff, and um, it's great. It's always great to have him around the training ground, as I said. Yeah. Your own your own defensive partnership at the moment now with Delaney is, I suppose, um, it looks like it might be there for the rest of the season. And just getting to that, to that cup final again, I know how much it meant to you last year. I mean, it, it must have been a great sense of relief when you beat Limerick. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, semi-finals, they're always very um, very tense, you know, and knowing both teams are kind of in there thinking that you don't want to lose. So that's, that's probably adds to the tension. And then two teams kind of tighten up maybe a bit, but... Um, when we when we scored and we were kind of just hanging on a bit towards the end, all right. But Ryan has just gotten better and better as the season has gone on. You know, he's he's really maturing into the position, and he's 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 got all the makings of a great centre half. You know, he's still he's still very young. Like the back four the other day was nineteen, Conor McCarthy himself, Ryan Lane twenty one, and Shane Griffin maybe twenty two. It was quite a young back four if you take me out of it. Sorry. Yeah, you you do bring a bit of imbalance there, in fairness. <laughs> yeah, who actually? Certainly. Who do you rate more now, uh, Griffin or Delaney, in terms of their future? Good question. Um, Don't sit on the fence now. Come on. Yeah, no, you really put me on the spot there. To be fair, like you're looking at two different uh, two different types of player, you know. 
Like, ah, here we know, go, Dan. Johnny, he's, yeah. done it, Johnny he's done it for the media course. Of all the people, of all the people. But, but Alan, on a, on a sort of, <laughs> one, of the, one, one of the tightest, tightest unions in football is the defenders' union, lad. You can't get in there. <laughs> There's no even trying to, to break it up. But, so, yeah. The border of fantastic futures ahead. Yeah. It's, it's fair enough. I Thanks think, very much I for think, that, Alan. Think, Great analysis, sir. <laughs> I think, <laughs> Alan, though, I think it was Dan Murray used to say that everyone who played next to him did very well. You know, they, they got moves or whatever. Is that now your... <laughs> Is that your role now that you're sort of mentoring players along? Because they, they could go places, I guess. You've seen Kevin O'Connor and, and others, you know, move on. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's always nice, you know. It always, always means that something's going well and you're, you're playing well and your team is going well. Um, but like, I, look, look, I can't take any credit for what, what he's doing off the pitch and how he lives his life. And so... Um, if he, if he doesn't, it's great. And if not, we'd love to keep him a cork. You know, it'll be it'll be an interesting off season for cork. Yeah, I mean, Alan, the I think you know, you know, it's three cup finals in a row. It's it's the league is is very close to being done. You would think, although you have to diplomatically say otherwise. Um, the is there a sense though that you know? I think it meant so much to you the success last year because it'd been a while since the club had sort of won something. Is it the other challenge now that people down there don't get complacent about the fact that being in a three, you know, being in a cup final is a big deal? Yet maybe because it's three in a row, do people appreciate it? Is that something you have to make sure that people enjoy the times that are there at the moment as well? Because there's, there's darker days where cup finals can't just be taken for granted. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, you're correct. Um, like I've been kind of bumping into people there now on the street and they're like saying, ah, you know, you're really drawn out this league, aren't you? And <laughs> this kind of thing, you know, and for me, like I just say to people, look, it's like saying I didn't enjoy my wedding day because it rained, you know, your, your focus is just on the complete wrong place. Like, so. That's like, a very nice analogy. You could have a future in mean? journalism there. <laughs> you got to chuck it out there, like, and see how they handle it, these people, like, so. Um, then they start launching into their marriage problems, and that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> but, um, no, look, like what you're saying is correct because because the last few years have been and been since pretty much like I've been back three seasons now, and it's been the club has just been getting stronger and stronger. And I know the cork, the real hardcore cork city supporters understand. Like I know they do, and they understand because they've seen it. So. Um, like they'll they'll all come in their numbers and and for the cup final it'll be great and hopefully as you said we can we can wrap up the league in our next opportunity which is, which will be Bowes and it, it's just because we we actually haven't won nothing yet so well would you will you watch the Harps Dundalk game now Saturday because if Dundalk fail to win it's game over will you watch that as a team or will you watch it with uh, that wife you mentioned yeah we haven't we haven't really talked about it. like we're uh, we, like. It hasn't really been talked on the training room yet. Like, is in is if we're making uh, will plans be made or not? A few beers on on Saturday. <laughs> well, <laughs> with JC Coffee, get John Coffee over and the yeah, boy Don Levy yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, Johnny. Yeah, he can. He's the designated driver. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I don't know. To be brutally honest, I I'm not too sure. I'd I'd like to sit through it. You know, I'm not too sure. I'd, I I don't know. Can I handle that? I'd prefer to just check my phone at the very end of the game and see what happened. And what are your uh, reflections as well on just on um, Kevin Doyle and it's a slightly, I suppose, a sad enough retirement in some ways, but uh, uh, in some ways, Alan, uh, also there are there is some good to come out of this because it does focus people on on the issue. Yeah, I think I think it creates the conversation, you know, and that's important. Um, I think he's obviously in the right country for it, you know, because they're really a finger on the pulse in terms of that kind of stuff in the country because of the other games they have. Um, I think in the UK, like from when I was over there, they seemed to really burying their head in the sand over the thing because there was a West Brom player, Astle, I think Jeff Astle was his name, and yeah. you know his family are looking for just recognition of it, but they're really kind of burying their head in, in regard to it, and I think we're, we're just not even starting the conversation here yet, you know. So maybe this will start it here in this country, but yeah. in terms of Kevin's career. Like the guy, the most humble person, hardworking, um, incredible person. Like I, I think, in a lot of ways, if we had Kevin Doyle right now, he would be superstar of our, in the form he was at his peak. If you understand me, yeah, he would be a treasure. Like, but I think at the time, because obviously with Robbie Keane and other players, 
I don't think what he achieved when he was at the peak with Reading was really taken, you know, it was kind of not taken for granted, but like really just the magnitude of it like wasn't really understood, I don't think. Yeah. Well, was he sort of a an example to a lot of people in the league as well? Because you obviously followed him, you know, and quite a few other players did. Um, the, 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 way, the manner in which he broke through, I think it did something for the League of Ireland around at that time as well, didn't it, Alan? Absolutely, absolutely. Trailblaze, like, for, for guys who were looking and thinking, you know, you know, we're questioning our league maybe, or, or even fans who were looking at our league, and then he goes over and, and just, like, they won the English Championship with a record number of points. They'll probably never be done again. They went into the Premier League and they finished just outside Europe, the European places, you know. So you're thinking about the Premier League and those top clubs and Reading with Kevin Doyle as top scorer finished just outside that he was in the top top scoring charts behind Ronaldo Rooney you know I think he was fifth like it, it all those kind of things no if that if a player an Irish player was doing that no can you imagine the magnitude and yeah. size of that player like and how much appreciation there would be towards him and how much just publicity and everything but he never really chased the life that kind of life Kevin you know he never really looked for that kind of stuff so he never really created a profile you know for want of a better word so that just made him all just more admirable in my eyes beautiful words Alan it has to be said and um, best of luck for the remainder of the season and uh, you know really looking forward to seeing you back in the Aviva Stadium again and uh, we shall talk in the future you're not going to wish me happy birthday lads or what oh god uh, uh, when, when it's, like nobody does this anymore sure surely at your stage yeah. you stop counting them yeah. Alan what, 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 yeah. what, what, what are we at now yeah, no, yeah actually I shouldn't have brought that up we can skip <laughs> over that <laughs> Yeah, is today, no, no. just to reiterate, what day is today? It's Wednesday. Wednesday. Is it, it's today, Wednesday, your birthday? Yeah. Wednesday, 4th of October, yeah. Oh, no. are, are you 35 or 6? Uh, we won't go down that road. We'll, oh. just, we'll, just, we'll leave it at that. Well, we can ask you about your future plans, I mean, at, at a later date. It seems unfair to ask you now. Bennett uh, talks about future plans, but won't reveal <laughs> what age he is. You know. <laughs> um, Enjoy the rest of my day. Now that's it. That's the plan. Yeah, let's just rest yourself as best you can, you know. Put the so feet yeah. Thanks, Alan. Always Appreciate great. It. Always great to have um, Alan Bennett on the show. And um, he, he, we ended up there talking um, unexpectedly about um, his birthday. Um, mine is upcoming. I'm turned 35, Dan, and I'm very, very worried about hitting that. Well, I've turned 35 already this year. Yeah, because so. you, you know, as a, as a player, then you really are over the hill. Unless you're like a Pirlo, you're. You know, you're a veteran. You're very much. Well, a you're veteran. definitely a veteran. But Martin, what age do you play till actually? Start? Uh, I've probably stopped playing um, at about 30, 33, 34 mark. Some people probably said a lot earlier than that, but um, I think it was around that time. And, and when you when you were around stopping playing, you encountered a, a young Kevin Doyle. Yeah, we just we um, when I finished playing, I was on the coaching staff at Pats through the they had um, the first game under the club's um, administration then, and Kevin came to St Pats first course up in League Slip. Eamon Collins was a. Uh, the chief coach at the time and he spent a year there and I think um, he got a few games and followed Pat Dolan to Cork then after. Because I've spoken to a couple of players around Pat's around the time and they would say it themselves they didn't think they were in the midst of like you know a future Irish international and sort of star player. No, but Was I think that your, your impression of him or did you no, see something there? Definitely seeing something definitely um, with the crop of players that he was playing with on, on the course he, he was right up there and he, he would have marked down as one for the future whether again you, you know you can never tell with young players and, and how they um, progress. And it was interesting to listen to some of Mick Wallace's com- comments the other day. He, he sort of said around that time that Kevin was at Pats, he was he was really only, you know, um, dipping his toe in professional football. And uh, he just thought that Kevin um, wasn't until a couple of years later that he probably really knew that's what he wanted. Mm. And um, but he definitely showed enough in the time that I had him with Eamon at the on the on the first courses that he uh, he was one for the future. We're going to have to move on to the weekend, Martin. We don't have anywhere near enough time to talk to you, I think, today. Um, even about your own career, you, you, you know, beautiful baller in his, right, in his own right, Dan, of course. Cultured. 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 cultured le- yeah. Always a cultured left foot, never yeah. a cultured right foot. Yeah. That meant he didn't tackle. What a, mi- what a midfield, though. The three left footed anyway, boys, uh, himself, Gormy and Ozo. What a midfield, you know. Yeah, it was, yeah. the one thing, there were three left footers. Yeah. Um, playing in, Gormy in, could uh, play both. Eddie, yeah, yeah. Eddie, 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 two feet, more so than me and Paul. And, um, but again, um, I think there was... I was saying to somebody the other day that it was the first time I'd sort of in my professional career I'd ever played other than a four four two. I mean I'd played since going over to the UK in those years it was four four two, four four two, four four two. And this was um I'd been back to the port down, played with Port Down and I was 
come back to the parts and Liam for this season for some reason decided to go with three at the back with Packy Lynch and Hawkins and who else was there? It was another, another couple of defenders. Um, I think it was McGuinness. Sorry, yeah. McGuinness will kill you. McGuinness will kill you when I haven't mentioned him there. He wouldn't be shy in telling <laughs> you about it. I think it was, it was becoming a bit trendy in England at the time, and it's, it's become a bit trendy in Ireland now. One of the clubs, Galway United, have played. They're playing three at the back at the moment, and we're at Bray on Saturday. Prediction time for, for the two boys. Oh, um, we we'll start with you, Dan. Martin, Martin needs a bit of time here. Oh God, Bray and Galway is a very hard game. I've, to I've underlined Bray here because we, we we mentioned Drada earlier, and Derry obviously beat Drada. And with Limerick losing to Cork, it means the top four in the league will now basically be in Europe. Get, be in Europe. Now Derry are forty six, Bray are forty two, Bowes are forty with four games to go. So Derry are in a pretty pretty good uh, good good position. So um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, so I think a couple of weeks ago I might have thought this was a bit of a dead rubber for Bray, and I'd really fancy Galway to win the game. But Bray have something now to hang on to. For the rest of this like turbulent season that they've had, <laughs> Boy, what's happened? Oh yeah, not much. <laughs> so um, I'm not. At the same time, though, I think your lads have got a bit of momentum going. There's just that we're was in a, a big, false position. Oh, listen, you should let that go. I but actually think Raf has been nice. Money messing. Let around. that go. I mean, again, you think you're the only person. Can we get a prediction here, Galway? Then? Galway. I'm going to go with Galway. Martin Russell. I'm going to go Bray because they've got a chance of Europe, and I think that should mean a lot to them. You know. Uh, it definitely should. And Drogheda against Shamrock Rovers, um, speaking of dead rovers, Dan. Yeah, I think the rovers do have the replay in three, di- three days afterwards. Rest players. Um, but at the same time, I think they, they could technically be caught and finish fifth. It's not really going to happen, but this is a chance for them to really almost get the Europe thing nailed down and then really uh, you know, sort of concentrate on Tuesday. So Quick I, I, I think Rovers, well. Rovers to win the game. Many Drogheda players going to be wanted by Premier Division clubs? I'm sure there, I'm sure there'll be a couple. I mean, mm. um, there's, there's a mixture of younger lads like the Connor Canes and, and people like that. And then there's guys who've been around the league and even the keeper McGuinness might have some might have some interest. I'm sure, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be. Uh, prediction from you, Martin? I'll go Rovers again. Yeah, I like this. You just give me a prediction and we move no messing. on. Yeah. Um I I'm I'm gonna go Rovers as well, just to give my prediction, Dan, if that's all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Finn Harpson Dock. This is no dead rubber now. Give sure. us your prediction first then so you don't forget it. Finn Har- I'm gonna go with Dundalk, but we, we were mentioning this before the show. Their eyes are gonna be on the cup replay. Big time. And uh Shields obviously out. Clifford is suspended, who would have come in and played. So I think Stephen's gonna be O'Donnell Benson. Oh, I'm not sure if he'd play all of those with, with the game oh, on Tuesday. Oh, you reckon he's gonna rest for Oh, I think he I think he will. Their season is about getting to, to the Aviva. I know they want to win their last four games, but if they were a few points closer to Clark, Cork, of course not, but Jesus at, at, at this stage. Um, I think a couple of them will be taken out. You can still play McGrath and Clifford, and um, there's other options. And Grimes will probably come in, and uh, they'll still have like f- maybe five or six or seven first teamers, maybe more with a view. But it's kind of fallen for halves now. I just have a sneaky feeling that could be a draw. I I, just, you, could, you could be. You're going to go draw. Go for draw. And yeah. I was just talking to Guy, a nice fan before the show, and he said this is a catastrophe if halves win this game, but it could happen. Sadly, just the way things are. Sadly, there's people here listen who are not Galway fans. Johnny. Yeah, well, I am. Anyway, <laughs> unbelievable. One thing, sadly, one, one thing, um, Martin. Just on mm. this, right? The thing that the Shields injury it does bring other players who will now get their game for the end of the season, and it might be a chance for. You know, because Shields has, has been a mainstay of that team, really, for the yeah, last... Yeah, I think if, if if Stephen does mix it up too much, it could play into Finn Harp's hand, and, you know, Galway won't like that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what lineup they do have. Um, the weaker they are, the more chance Finn Harp's. And Finn Harp's, they do need probably three, three wins, and none of the games are easy. And, you know, um, if they could pick one from here, um, it just gives them that fighting chance. I still think, though, Finn Harp's... And sadly to say, Galway um, may not make it. Okay, well, well, we'll we'll get to that later. But are you giving me a prediction? No, he's here? got to it now. I'm going to say Finn Harps and Dundalk. Give us a prediction. He's going to. I'm going to say because what's going to happen in the next few weeks is there is going to be you know results that like the Sligo one. I think not so long going to go down in Cork, Cork yeah, particularly yeah. if Dundalk mixed the side up. 
I'm going to go Finn Harps. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to go for an away win. See, because, Dan, Dundalk have such a brilliant, brilliant squad. It won't matter. And they'll be fighting for their place. Listen, and blah, blah, this blah. Is, this is a predictions masterclass. He's, he hasn't just predicted the game. He's predicted the entire season. <laughs> midway through the run of this week's game. This, lads. Now, Martin, this is where your expertise really comes in. Pats against Limerick. What a game we have in store here. I really fancy Limerick at the prices now. We won't get into them. Well, we will briefly. Okay, they're 3-1 to one to beat Pats. I think we value here the way Limerick are playing. Martin Russell. Pats beat Rovers in their last game. Uh, I know what I'll say, I've seen this game in the, just after I left Limerick. Uh, I went down to it and Pats should have got something from the game but didn't. Um, you know, so, I mean, they, they, I think they missed a the penalty on the night just after the second half started and Limerick came out with the winners. The Pats were pushing, pushing and Limerick as they have, got the capability to break well. I wouldn't like to call it. I think Limerick are capable of scoring down in Richmond. I think Pats uh, still haven't found the real flow to the game that they would have had a season or two ago. I think they've got some good players that in Conan Bourne and, and Christy Fagan that obviously will cause a, a goal threat. Um, but I'm going to go... It'll be probably... Because Pats do need a win. It'll be a Pats win or a, or a draw. Uh, okay, I, I, I think it's fascinating, but... I, haven't been at the Rovers game. I thought I, I certainly think the, the keeper is vulnerable. The guy they brought in, the Polish guy. I'm not sure. I, I presume he's still playing. Polish uh, guy. The Polish guy. I can't remember <laughs> his name. Like, but um, it's like 1970s England's <laughs> English TV here. But he, he, lo- he, lo- he looked Alfie like he with <laughs> the predictions up next. <laughs> he looked like he played really well on on the soccer public college, But I think Limerick, if they have a bit about them, will challenge him, especially yeah. in the air. And even Dan, a, even a draw, a draw is probably good enough for Limerick. I think a draw would be a very valuable point to come away from. I, I think they draw. should be safe. If they lose this game, as as you say, the draw will be Dan. If, if Limerick lose this, like they're right back in it. Really, they, they still have draw at home to come, mm. which is a big fixture for them. And Terms of yeah, and go away. Yeah, so still, it's still destiny in their own hands. I, I, I think a score draw in this game. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an on defence prediction, but um, I thought Limerick have, have been good when I've seen them, and they'd struggled for a long time under the new manager. I'm not just saying it because the old one's sitting here, um, but the, the, there's signs the last couple of weeks they're clicking. But the, again, in the Limerick, again the court game at um, at home, they got an early goal and they held onto it. Two early goals held onto it last week for all their good play. They didn't really you know carve open Cork and create great chances. So um, uh, maybe a score draw. Uh, yeah, as I said, I'm going with the Limerick away win there. Uh, Sligo Rovers against Bowes is another huge, huge game. I'd imagine Bowes should be fine. Um, and as such, Sligo will fancy their chance of maybe beating a team that wouldn't be 100% motivated um, just because that's... They've got team. Europe in the back of their heads. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a it's, real long shot. Yeah, it'd be an astounding achievement for Bowes to, to reach Europe. Um, They've been the Iron Brew Cup, of course. Yeah, that, that absolutely. Barcelona are going to join that now. They're going to be thrown out of Spain. <laughs> but... Um, Sligo Rovers against Bowes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna sneak in an away win here because I, I harder head, Johnny. Harder um, head. I, I don't think Sligo are that good to be honest. I saw them in Galway. I, 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 I don't. I think Bowes are definitely a better side than Sligo, and they don't seem to be resting too much. They played Pats, who ostensibly had more to play for, and they beat them, albeit against uh, ten men. Um, I, I think Bowes can go down there, and I hope they do. Uh, so I'm going to go for the away win. This is, I mean, there's just this is blatant Galway wishes I don't coming think through are, every sentence. I don't think Sligo are that good. I fancy a home win here. I think if you're to if you're to look at this game, Martin, you fancy a home win. If you look at this game and you look at um, the the Bowes strikers, what they have, and then you look at what Sligo have. If it's coming down to chances, Bowes are going to eke out goals. Sligo they just don't score many goals. They don't yeah. have it up front. But listen, it's it's down to the crush now. They 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 need to win Sligo. They need to win. Um, and this is why I, I, I I've put them ahead of the finishing ranks of Galway. I think they've got to get three points from this game. So just to, yeah, just to reiterate, who's going down? I would say by my reckoning, I think we, we, we join and you'll be right about Drogheda. Join, yeah. join, join and Drogheda. I think Finn Harris will do extremely well to pull themselves out of it. I think that the question mark is it going to be Sligo or Galway because I think Bats and Limerick will find themselves safe. And on and, and that, as I say to you, Sligo. With a win this weekend, major shaded um, in the longer term against Galway. I think you need you need Dundalk to get to the cup final because Dundalk go to Galway, Galway in the last game of the season. So you need them to be totally in a you know cup cup final mode. Although I think McMillan's going for top score, so he's going to keep wanting to play. Never thought about that. Yeah, so there could be other elements there. Um, Funnily enough, the way we're playing at the moment, uh, we're we're a mid table team on present form. Actually, playing very very well. But everyone is though. I don't yeah. think there's like you know. I don't think there's. Yeah. I don't think there's an obvious Corker mid-table team on the last. I don't think, th- uh, I don't think there's well. an obvious like an obvious 
gulf between say X teams and Y teams you know the three that go down aren't going to be miles off you know another season that Galway team might have if it started now could have been seven to eight I think you're right but I mean Bray are the one that I thought would slump completely and in fairness to them they've turned things or they've turned things around I can't figure out Bray to be honest like they yeah. seem to be kind of giving up and then they get a few results got to beat Derry 5 nil away they'd have a time form squiggle next to them if, uh, <laughs> if, for you're a, and fans, if, yeah. if you didn't get that you're like 99.9% of the population yeah. um, but Dan and I are in the other 0.1 we've got the under 21 games we, we should did. mention as well yeah um, the boy Hale, um, all Hale Rory from Galway United. Trevor uh, Clark is carrying a bit of an injury thing. Ryan Delaney and Ronan Curtis, and they've got a double header, both live on air, should be said. It's Norway on Thursday, and then the opponent is Israel, I think. Is that, is that Monday? Yeah. And Martin, is this an indictment of the Irish under 21 setup that League of Ireland players are in, it, or is it a positive for the League of Ireland, or a bit of both? I think it's a positive. I think we, have, we do have some good players in the country that um, sometimes they may get overlooked because they're not across the water. Um, big time and, and, and I think it's been highlighted again with Shawnee big Shawnee Maguire I mean it was only a year ago Shawnee was subs for the under 21s now he's being considered a starter for our first team now he, his game hasn't you know suddenly come on to a different level he's not a different play. He, he may have gained some confidence and obviously he played well for Cork but he still had that ability um, Daryl Horgan and okay well, he's improved but he wasn't in the so 21s there was, when Forrester was here he was behind players who uh, I think yeah. th- there's been a problem at 21s level that there's been a sort of a confetti-like approach to capping players born in England with a view to getting them on board or keeping them on, 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 the, on the premises and, and I think Irish no, we're not the only country that does that other no. country, Scotland will do it England will do it Wales will do it they don't want to you know, miss anybody out of the net they want to get as many players that they can get and uh, that, that will happen for, for reasons but it's good to see that Shawnee McGuire is able to, to make those inroads quite quickly and you know there are players in, um, like Clark Delaney Curtis that should more than hold their own win the group that they're going Definitely, to train yeah. with this week and just, just one thing as well on, on the English players um, some of the players who've come from England or have been slightly um, out of the game very briefly that I'll mention this season uh, two or three of them play for Galway United but Owen Garvin would be one um, Rory Hale and uh, Maher, Niall Maher, who signed for us. Um, Burry. From Burry. Their strength and conditioning, uh, us looking at them anyway, and this has been mentioned to me by actually one of the coaches in the league, is, is a long way behind the League of Ireland, actually. Some of these players, they're just not, they're, their fitness regimes in terms of gym work is, is a lot different. And if you see Rory Hale, who, who was with Villa, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how long like he was, uh, did he come straight or whatever, but he looks like he needs massive work in his strength. Well, some of them have been out of the game. I mean, Garvin had been out of the game for it, a couple of months. and he had a, month, a month-ish. It depends you know, on how happy they are at their club before. The flip side is... It's something to do with strength conditioning, though. Uh, it can be if it depends on the culture that exists at the club that you're at. Watch players who come in from England. And I don't think you can generalise. I, I think, definitely think you can. I think they've, they've, I think Dundalk have brought up the strength condition across the league here. Martin, did you know that Limerick or well, Graham Burke? Gr- Graham Burke. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think you'd put him on the same level as, say, uh, if you want to say Massey or one of them Dundalkers. Did you? Did I think you notice no, the yeah, difference you, from UCD to, we'll say, Limerick this season in terms of how much gym work you had to do. Well, usually the, the young boys then and still do, as far as I know, do a lot of gym work. Um, Dundalk uh, had, had probably, you know, been the leaders in that aspect um, over the last couple of years, and I think more more um, more clubs have bought into it in this country, and and it, and it is a fact that you know in getting a fit squad, and there have been times when when players have come to me from the UK and not being very fit. Um, I think, you know, it's, it, and as Daniel said, you know, they, they've lost fitness because they haven't been playing. So they, they've they've not been training or not, not getting the game time in. And, I, don't, I don't see what that has to do with gym work, though. Do you know what I mean? If you're not playing, you should still be going to the gym. Yeah, but it's, it's, one, it's one of those things. It's, as, as, as well as being, listen, as well as being um, physically fit, and, and you, you still need also, you know, sharpness and stuff mm. for games mm. and, and, you know, Speed off the mark and stuff like that. That you, you know, that that could be an aspect of your fitness that you're not explosive enough, um, and you're not just going to get that just from from being. And in he the had gym. gamble down there and in, in charge. But you know, Joe came in. We had David McCarthy. We've had, and there are good sports conditioning coaches at, at most of the clubs in in our league. And you know, again, if I go back to Dundalk in Europe, did they in in the games they've always played against the pro teams that are a higher level. Uh, recognised at a higher level, uh, they've uh, fitness hasn't really let them down, you know. I always remember Kilduff like um, out muscling a guy who was six foot seven for Alkmaar in that to get that goal in, in the uh, yeah. in the, in the game over there. But but just before we before we finish up, where will you be this time next season? 
Oh, I don't know. Hopefully not an Aerosport talking to us. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll have a look around. I'll, I'll have a CV out there, whether it's in Ireland or out of Ireland, we'll see. Oh, interesting. It just, uh, we go back to the, the original point that, you, you you know, you do get frustrated of the lack of opportunity, not just for me, but for other pro-licensed coaches in the countries that you do sort of say, well, is the game taken seriously enough here? Do I need to look elsewhere to, you know, to, to secure a better future? And, and your answer um, to that is no. Is, my answer to that is the game isn't done as well as it should be here, No. I think I think America's becoming a hugely attractive. Well, I think when you look at stuff like what's happening over there and expansion teams and professionalism over there, and, and we're looking for survival here. The aforementioned clubs are looking for well over there as well. Where's that? Kildoff is doing well over there. Kieran's well. gone. Yeah. Oh, Kieran's gone to a team where nobody's really heard of. Yeah. Um, but he's gone probably for. He, he's mentioned well. he's gone for probably other lifestyle reasons mm-hmm. as well. But I would just like to see the game keep on advancing here, and and I keep on going back to. The, not the Conway report, but the Genesis report, and the one word that stood out and still stands out is radical. Radical improvements need to be made, and radical steps need to be taken if we if we want to move the game on to a more professional level. Because I know you were part of, I think, was the steering group a couple of years back. There was more so looking at youth football, wasn't it? Yeah. And I mean, without going maybe into, I don't know what you can say about that process, but um, are you sort of optimistic that that we're making changes no, that are changes, going to be positive but those, but over? For a example, of time? the two major changes that was made in that was to have a summer season with kids where they can get the majority of football in in daytime and good weather and stuff like that. That should be done 10 years ago yeah you know even to be talking about it and we shouldn't it should have been already done and the other big change was the pyramid that we had too many leagues so to get the best playing against the best you needed the less leagues it's like so 30, we have 30 plus schools for example in, the country we, we three, in, in Limerick, Limerick had three leagues where on the tour then uh, you'd be playing you'd be, you'd be a player on the tour then and you'd have another good player on the tour then and they wouldn't play against each other they'd yeah. be playing in three different leagues in Limerick yeah. so Part of the thing, which was again to get the pyramid right, that you know, but on the, the tour team national level, you'd have a national level where the best players on the tour team would be playing against each other, and the structure of the pyramid would be better. That's going to be huge, lads, isn't it? Like, just that there is, it, there's well, a it should have been, like, been done a long it time. Go, yeah, it should have been, it's done now anyway. It's like, done now, and, and, and it's done now, and it is, it, you say, it is a step forward, and uh, yeah, you, you'll see the fruits of that hopefully down the road. I, I, think t- I think 10 or 20 years' time, I think a lot of very good players will have come through, and a lot of us will be playing the League of Ireland. I think we'll have improved, but I totally endorse what you're as we're improving, how quickly are, are, are the other countries moving? You know, you're seeing a lot of clubs, and even look at national sides. I mean, if you play a game tomorrow and you're drawn against Albania, for example, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you'd be saying 5, 6 nil. Now you're saying, well, it's, it's, it's good to get a point over there. Uh, you know, this is what other national... Well, that's, well, that's, so where, the, that's where the point where investment comes in because you well, have, they, you know, Kazakhstan and these places, they're throwing they seem to be, money. Yeah, they seem to be invested in the game and, and giving the respect to the game well, like, to, to improve because they are improving. Dan, Dan, their national seeds in, are improving. You're wrapped up in the international stuff for the next week or so. Mark, before we go, where are we in the international uh, setup at the moment? And, you know... I think we're punching above our weight. I think we'll do really, really well if we qualify and I hope we do qualify because that's Spurs on the next generation any success we have you know if we don't qualify and we slowly slip back into say not being in with a chance of qualifying then the game gets further behind but I do hope that we get the results we need and, and we do go through in the next week and I think this is the key point in a, in a League of Ireland show that um, I, I think the biggest uh, the catalyst for maybe change and even realising is how important the League of Ireland has now become for the national side which was never really it was never I don't think the view was ever existed at the top that there was a correlation between a strong league and a strong international team. Whereas now, and you've been over there as in England, like um, there is the opportunities aren't there now, and you need a strong league at home because we look at our international the profile of our panel now. If the league doesn't, if the league remains mm. where it is, like. But then the international team is going to be suffer, and the international team is the one that pays the bills. By the way, for the association, I think they've realised, you know, this is this and, is a and funnily enough, like you know, the managers that uh, the international managers watching League of Ireland game is no longer news, but it was huge news five ten years ago if they came to watch game. But as Dan says, now they recognise it. Well, yeah, it is, and the, the fact is that you know a lot of the, the English teams aren't taking over the players. They're not, they're not developing the players. They're not giving them the level of competition that mm. you know the players can can go on to a new level. Um, so we need to, to do better at producing our own and you know um, as other countries do mm. and uh, before we finish up we must give a, a bit of a congratulation to Eamon Kelly from Sligo who um, may have gone to Google but he was able to answer who actually won the EA Sports Cup in 2017 a preposterously easy quiz really but he got a copy of FIFA 18 um, Dan I saw you were writing about Myler there he's big into the computer games um, I was thinking maybe 
maybe I'll go back into it. Because when I was a kid, I was like, imagine playing people all over the world online. But then as I got older, I was kind of bored of the idea. But uh, Myler it's, it's, Myler's big into it. Uh, Myler, yeah, he is, yeah. Did he, um, did he enter the quiz owner? I doubt it. No, no. I doubt it. Um, no. Uh, I, I'd say, I, he was saying that there's now like competitive like FIFA tournaments where some young lad like won 200 grand mm. for being really good at a computer game. And the point was made to him, well, when people are talking about like, the problem with you know, kids nowadays, you know, they're staying in you know, on their PlayStation or whatever rather than going out and playing football. Isn't this a problem when now you can actually competitively play this for Virtual cash? future. It's not really a very promising future. I mean, is it? But anyway, thanks to EA for the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Martin, what's your take on the old computer games? I, well, I think I've got I've got four boys, and they've they've all played the games. And to be honest with you, um, they probably would make very very good footballing scouts because through the through, through the games, they 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 always know what players, what level players are, are in and around, particularly in the lower league. So um, it's a big thing in, in my household where they're not playing football out with their clubs or streets. They're, they're, they're playing on the PlayStation and following players from all, all across the world. Knowledge. This Knowledge. is basically they can do some like, you know, pre-season shopping for some League yeah, of Ireland yeah, very much so, very yeah. much so. Um, great to have you on Martin and we wish you the best as well um, we've had a few kind of guys on the show Johnny Mack and so on <laughs> that have Brian Kerr who ostensibly are still on the market but seem happy enough in what they're doing yeah. and I guess you're one of, one of them as well I know Johnny's got uh, some, co- some, some coaching well. with DC yeah. as well keeping, but um, yeah we'll see what happens yeah, you're not going to become a cab driver yeah? who knows who knows I wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't rule anything <laughs> else I can't, I can't afford to do that <laughs> Russell linked with uh, you know New League of Ireland club and yeah. uh, taxis. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we've got broad debates there. We can revisit at some point in the future. Because I think the government thing is something we should come back to because it's a very relevant maybe we can get somebody on from uh, the government. Who knows? Mm. You're not holding your breath, Martin. Best of luck. Yeah, <laughs> and thanks very much for listening. That was episode 33. Be a lot more clarity in terms of uh, the bottom of the table when we convene for uh, episode 34. Thank you very much for listening.